0: Yeah, and,
1: and if it, and you like, I can have this argument with people all day. Well, he's getting a free—you're getting a free education, you're getting a free room and board. But but what what's free? I'm working. I'm working for it.
0: Yeah. What's going on, everybody? Sorry for the delay here today. We've had a couple of technical difficulties. Um, here with Dennis episode 32 of putting you in your place, The Art of Dreaming with Dennis Haley. Dennis, thanks for being here, man. No thanks. For ha-
1: yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So um, we had been talking about a couple of things off air. Um, a couple of strategy things uh, with your book. I want to do some sort of thing where we we spread the word for you. So what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, if everybody will go over to YouTube, I'm gonna I'm gonna run this until Friday or until I spend 500 bucks. <laughs> All okay, right. All right. so so how many ever people that will go to YouTube, yeah. subscribe to my channel, share from YouTube to Twitter, mm-hmm. and tag the playbook or well that might be hard to navigate. Let's yeah. do let's just do the hashtag the art of dreaming. Yeah, I like that. Listen up. Okay, hashtag the art of dreaming on Twitter. Share it from YouTube to Twitter. Um, we'll monitor that hashtag until Friday. We'll, we'll, uh, anybody that shares it, we're going to send you a free copy of this book Yep. and all we'll need is your address. So we'll message you for your address. So go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, share from YouTube to Twitter, hashtag the art of dreaming, and we'll send you a free copy. Let's do it. Sound good.
1: Go to YouTube, share it. Hashtag the art of dreaming. Yep. I like it. Cool.
0: And we'll both monitor that. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to buy up to, either Friday, you know, end of the day Friday 5 p.m. Okay, up to 500 bucks. All right. Okay. With it. So, um, let's just keep on book right now. We'll go to other topics. Um, I am very interested in the execution of how you did this. So tell (laughs) me about that before we get into the details of the book. Just tell me how you went about executing this thing. This is awesome. Like you being able to put this together and put it out to the world. It's kind of like, I felt like it's kind of like your testimony at this point to this point. It is. So it tell is. me, tell me about getting all this together, finding a way to actually put the the pages together and, and get it ready for shipping.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a long process for me. I'll go all the way back to 20 18, 2018, I had a mentor and a friend, um, Reggie Grubbs, from the New River Valley area, who had just written a children's book. um, And really, really great book. Uh, Reggie, great person. Reggie had put it out um, a lot of success. And we connected one day and I was telling him, man, I really like your book. I really like the story behind it. And he was just like, yo, D, you need to go ahead and put your book out. And, you know, he had me thinking, and we conversated over the next several months just about the process. He introduced me to uh, my pub- the publisher, my publisher uh, Kelly Cole, who runs Publishing Advantage Group out of Bristol, uh, Tennessee. Um, Kelly Cole, he's one of the, you know, few majority black-owned publishing companies in the country. Uh-huh. Um, so it was really cool to just connect with him. And then from there, we just conversated, we connected. Um, the next step was just putting pen to paper, um, giving my story, write my story out, giving my story on video. Um, I had an editor, I had, um, a writer who was with me and we navigated it, navigated all the way through the process together. Uh, and it, the process took a couple years for me, um, just to really go through, get my story, get it correct. And then also my team, I, I call them my team. That's my home front. Uh, my wife, uh, Kimberly Haley, uh, who is from the area. And then my sister-in-law, uh, Doris Bishop, and then, uh, Courtney Stewart, also part of our team. And we just, we, we just kind of, we came together and we re reinvented revised re re edited uh, my mother, who is, uh, I call her an English, I get they like an English major, but she really just kind of knows the knows writing and knows education and, had her read over it hundreds of times. And it was just a process of making sure I wanted to put out the right content and make sure that people were getting something from it.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's interesting to to see your story or, you know, like read your story and see the clips and, and kind of relive that with you. Kind of like you're walking right beside you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's very interesting in that regard. So, you um, you know, As far as the deal goes, like with your publisher, like how does that work? How does, how does like working with a publisher, like how does that financially work? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So, my publisher, you know, you go in, it's an, it can, it can be one or two ways. It can be an investment on your part. You're investing in yourself and you're investing in your work and you believe your work is going to sell and you're going to reap the benefits from your investment. From that, you own all the rights to your book. You own all the rights to every word in there. You own distribution rights, so you are not tied to that publishing company. If you want to publish it yourself, or you want to go somewhere else and publish it, or you can be in a publishing company and they own a percentage of it. I own all the rights to my book. I own the copyrights. I own the words. So if I want to put it, let's just say I want to put it, put uh, put this book to script, and somehow a movie comes out, I own a hundred percent. Of the rights to to my story, right. which is what you want, um, and sometimes now a lot of times that's not how it goes. A publish publishing companies will own the rights to these stories, but I'm fortunate enough that I own the rights to to my work, my story, and it's you know that's how that's how I want it.
0: How does the revenue share go? Like. Do you, like when you want reruns of this, like you run out, like you sold out, how do you get more inventory of your product?
1: Yeah. So right now my, my product is on Amazon. Uh, you can go to Amazon right now and purchase it. Um, through Amazon, I'm selling my, selling my books. Um, and Amazon's infamous, so I won't run out. Sure. So, so
0: they, they will run the, they will yeah. run this and send it, um, but like, if you wanted a box full of, yeah. a, and if to, I want, if
1: I want a box full of the, let's say I want to say, hey, I need a thousand copies next week. I put, I put an order in for whatever I want them for, and then they ship them to me. And it's not, it's, it's a, you know, a fraction gotcha. of of the cost what they produce to sure. what I get it for. Sure,
0: yeah, that's very fascinating to me as a business guy. Yeah, like trying to figure out the, the, you know, the, you know, what's the word. Um, you know, yeah, that and like just like the um, distribution the, method, yeah, you know, and like how to get the, the best
1: to get the best, to right. get the most out of your investment and exactly. not have to, yeah, you don't want, right. Who you, you don't want to invest more than you could, do have to, because you want to get the return. You want to get most of the return. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's how, and that's how it works because in the long run, you want to have your own, I, I want, I want, I would like to be able to produce it myself and not have to share any revenue with anybody. Yeah. Amazon or not yeah yeah
0: very fascinating for well, sure well um you know some things some things that that was really fascinating to me I'd like I like to just uh you know get into maybe more detail of like mm. what happened to you in certain <laughs> situations yeah if you're comfortable yeah, you know I'm, I'm listen to it okay that's why I wrote it right so <laughs> so take me through uh the scandal the scandal yeah, yeah. The, where where you were getting off the bus at Florida State I can remember like it was and yesterday. Just just tell me tell me everything. Tell, yeah. <laughs> tell me t- tell me tell me what you were going through in the moment and then, you know, the end result when it was all over. Like did anything happen to the teacher? Like just give me give me, <laughs> give, me give me give me your take on
1: this. I'll night. give you I'll give you and if you're listening you're lucky because I won't tell a lot of people this. They got to go gotta buy the book right. so they can read it. But um the scandal um man what a day! And I, like I said, I can remember like it was yesterday. We're down at Florida State. I'm starting outside linebacker. Just my second start. Um, we start. I started the first game against Colorado State. Good game. We're in Tallahassee. I mean, as a college, and this is like my first time playing at UVA. So you're in Florida State, and who doesn't want to be at Florida State playing? Yeah. So my mind is just, I'm hyped. I'm ready. Um, I can't wait to play.
0: It's like you've arrived.
1: I've arrived. This is it. This is my chance. I'm on the biggest stage in college football. At that point, it's like there's nothing better yeah. to show your you know, your ability than against the best in the country. Right. So as I'm walking off the bus, I literally look over, and there's my head coach, Al Groh, athletic director, assistant athletic director, and somebody else, another coach or compliance officer, and they grab me. Literally say, hey, can you come over here and talk to us? And at that moment, in my head, I'm thinking something's wrong because my family drove down from Virginia. My dad, my brother, my uncle, um, grandpa had driven down. And, you know, first instance, of something's wrong. You know, you just get that, that thought that something has happened. And they'd get me. And they bring me to the side. And I'm like, I'm already prepared for the worst. Like, even at that young of age, I can, I know I was thinking, like, shit, this, this is crazy. Yeah. Something, some, they're getting ready to tell me something bad. Right. So just be ready. And they say you can't play in the game. And I'm, and I'm confused. And I'm saying, why? What happened? Well, there's a situation going on back in Charlottesville with one of your classes that you're taking. Um, the professor has come forward to admit to our, you know, to the administration and has let us know that he has given you a grade that you weren't supposed to have. And, you know, you're like, you, I just closed my eyes and I'm like, this is not happening to me right here, right now, literally an hour before the games are going to start. We just get off the bus to get ready to go in the locker room to warm up. Yeah, And they're telling me, you can't play because this teacher has come forward to the administration to say that he has given you a grade. that. And at that point, I'm like, okay, one, I'm like, whew, relieved, nothing wrong with my family. right? But then a split second later, I'm in disarray and disbelief because I'm can't believe that this is really happening to me right now. And so they tell me this and I can, I'm sitting there and I'm there. I'm like, what, why, what happened? What grade, what are you talking about? Just kind of going through my head of what, you know, what happened and what did I do? What didn't I do? Did I do anything? I can't remember it. Cause it's all just coming at me. Like bullets just love it. I'm like, okay, what's going on? So, they tell me that and I take it. So then I go in the stands. I have to walk out the tunnel, back in my street clothes, go get my dad, my brother, and uncle out of the stands. So they see my team warming up, but then they see me walking in the stands. So you can imagine their thought process. Like, what what's going on? So I get them and I tell them, Hey, they've deemed me ineligible to play because this teacher has given me a grade and the teacher came forward and said he gave me a grade, blah, blah, blah. So my dad and my brother and my uncle, they might walk down. My uncle actually grandfather, in the stands, but my dad and brother walked down and met with the administration at that time. And yeah, it was, it was it was absolute chaos on everybody's part because we were not happy. As a family, my father was not happy. (laughs) And I just keep it like that. My father was not happy. My brother was not happy. Um, It
0: seems seems like crazy that, you know, it, it would wait until the moment you're getting off the bus to break this news. Like, how does that, how does that, I mean, why did they even let you get on the bus? You know? Right. And the thing about it,
1: just so everybody knows I can put it kind of in the context is yes, this professor gave me a grade that I didn't ask for. Yeah. I didn't ask him. I was in the class. I didn't ask him for a better grade, but he gave me a grade and then came back and went to the president, went to administration and said that he gave me a grade because he felt sorry for me because I was a black athlete and he wanted to help me.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and I think you mentioned that that wasn't the first time he did that. Correct. And probably not the last. Correct.
1: <laughs> well, it wasn't the first time. It right. wasn't the first time. And it definitely wasn't the last because after everything, we went through NCAA, came, the NCAA came in. We had hearings. We had court hearings. So you were on trial. I was on trial. My yeah. brother was an attorney. He represented me. Um, we, were, My dad, my mom, we were all we – were, we were on trial trying to get my eligibility back because – that grade dropped like it was just like a zero it was like an incomplete so that can you imagine incomplete on a 3.0 GPA or a even a 2.5 it takes you below it takes you. it drops completely so that's like having a zero so it took me below the eligibility line to be able to play
0: yeah
1: and so that's why I was ineligible the rest of the season wow yeah
0: it's a tough climb back, man. It, yeah, it, I mean, was, it's a testament to your your drive and ambition and character. Yeah, that you wouldn't have just been like, okay, well, I guess I just go home now. Right, a lot of people would, for sure. A lot it, of people would have,
1: for sure. I thought about it. I thought about it, but luckily and blessed at the time, my now wife, girlfriend Kim, was we were we were living together, and between her, my mom, my dad, my support support team, they wouldn't let it happen. They yeah. were just like, no. We're going to fight it. And I was fortunate. Al Grow, my head coach at the time, was like my biggest supporter. And he got in some heated arguments. I put a quote out um, the other day on, that he that he made was just basically in short. It was like, I can remember getting into a lot of heated arguments about you and that situation at UVA. And he was just like, you know, I'm proud of the way that you stuck it. Because he went to bat for me. Because it wasn't, I mean, we can you think, like I look back, nothing about that situation was right. Yeah. Nothing. So it was just one of those situations that we kind of fell into and had to deal with. And yeah, it's crazy. The scandal. <laughs>
0: it's good stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, for you to go through that and be a champion of that situation and be able to tell your story on that, I think uh, that's huge. Yeah. That's like that's like anybody anybody can take that as like the the most adversity almost you could possibly imagine. Right because you're fighting for your life at this point, you know, like they're trying to take your life away. The, the, yeah. the dream that you had, they were re- ready to rip it away.
1: Yeah. It was, you know? that was, and that was it. That was uh, correct. That was the turning point. It was either uh, the dream was going to be going to be over or I was going to fight to the nail to, to get to where I wanted to go. And I mean, if you can imagine a 19, 20 year old kid uh, in the every news article in the paper, you know Haley's ineligible, so it was you know you had to deal with all of that. Plus you had to deal with the hearing. Plus, luckily I got somehow I got to stay in school. Somehow I got to still practice with the team. I just couldn't play in the games. So a lot of things ended up coming together to keep to keep me centered. Because yeah. had I been kicked out of school and had I not been able to play football who knows what the story what what would happened with the story so fortunate that i had a coach of staff that went to bat for me to keep some of those things in place during that time
0: yeah okay well that's yeah. that's great let's fast forward to the baltimore ravens yeah all right so you make the squad you make the opening day squad and then all of a sudden you get you just get ripped you just get cut right yep. tell, tell us about tell us about that story We i felt i felt in the book you omitted maybe some of the details there on that. I'd love to know, like, the story behind how that happened. Yeah. Because it looked like you were – I mean, you were going to be a part of the squad, like everything was going well. Like What, and then, what no, happened? And then yeah, it was just over with them. Yeah.
1: It was it was that quick, and I didn't omit anything. It was literally that quick. Um, going back – you know 2 years previously I'd been on been with the Ravens been on the practice squad and had played in games and for my for my from from my
0: situation You were in good standing right Yeah great like, great They never said okay Dennis you got to put up <laughs> nope. like
1: right 10 15 tackles a game or right. you're going to let you go no um the year before we had just went to the playoffs um I played in my first um you know AFC divisional playoff game we played against the uh, Indianapolis Colts that year against Peyton Manning and Yeah I'm talking about it, but we lost like 12-9, to nine, no touchdowns, all field goals, both teams, wow. which is crazy when you talk about Peyton Manning. So it was – we had just played. Um, so coming into that season, that was the first time I I, I wanted to make the opening day 53-man roster. Yeah. You know, undrafted free agent, got to play the year before a lot um, on special teams and defense. Um, so I wanted to come in and kind of make a name for myself. And during that training camp, had the best training camp ever. Um, went through, made the opening day roster, like literally made, made it. Um, and then two games in, I, I can't remember the first game is, but the second game in we played the New York jets, which was, which was a fun, fun game because that was a team that had, had originally yeah. picked me up coming out of college. So and it was the same staff, um, Mike Tannenbaum was a GM, um, and it was some other coaches and players on the team that I'd play with. So that was a fun game to go play, went out there had a great game, came back with well, you know, two or three special teams tackles because I was starting on all the special teams. And then that jury uh, Tuesday, day off, I get that phone call, and it's, hey, can you come up to the office and talk to me? And it was a GM, Ozzie Newsome, who was a real, real cool, real good GM, actually became a friend of mine um, that I still talk to to this day um, throughout all throughout all that, you know, animosity that i had over the situation um but yeah it was just one day that one after that game just got the call was like hey i need you to come up to the office and talk and the explanation i don't know what the explanation was i can't remember to remember even probably a word he said because i knew when he when i went up there what it was for you just know when you're going to that office and they brought i can remember they brought in this they brought in a veteran linebacker from jacksonville jaguars i can't remember his name um like about three weeks later, and it just kind of stuck with me, and that was it, and never really, never got back, never, never went back to the Ravens after that. Yep. All
0: right, we're ahead. dealing with some technical difficulties here. We were in the middle of the Baltimore Ravens story, <laughs> wrapping that up. Uh, you know, again, here with Dennis Haley. Um, so Dennis, let's try to finish that uh, that thought there. Yeah. You know, you you got the call. What game two? Game three? Game two. Yep. Game two. No rhyme or reason. Like there wasn't any. Uh, like, does just like that's just a business decision that it was like it's time for Haley to go? Yes, what it, it's, yeah, right? And this it my, my, boggles my mind, Bo-
1: it boggled mine too at the time, and it boggles mine still today. It's just, yeah, it was a business decision, is what was explained, and we need another position. Um, but then yeah. they go hire
0: the same position then two months several, later,
1: yeah, about several weeks later, and I see another linebacker come in, you know, veteran, granted, but still. I was better than him at the time, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, coming in, it kind of – it had a sore – just a sore uh, – it was like a nail in the side of my yeah, leg just like, – uh, would, yeah. would you guys like a, like start from the beginning? Just like what was it that happened? Like you got cut from the team,
0: correct? Yeah, we're yeah. talking about his, his – you know, yep. we, we were talking about the scandal at UVA. We fast-forwarded to kind of the end, you know, end of the line almost in the NFL, like as far as an active player – Cause you went to the Niners and played on the, like the preseason yeah, squad, preseason. right? Yep. So, yep. so like the, the, the field time was over after the Ravens pretty much as far as like the, the NFL, NFL goes. It
1: was, it right? was, it was, you know, the Ravens, the regular season was over. Um, I set out that whole 2007 season. I tried out for, went on a bunch of workouts uh, to different teams. Uh, it just never, never panned out with the position. We're looking for something different. But then the Forty Nine did get signed to the 49ers that uh, summer, which was which was awesome that to have an opportunity to go out there and play and play played in the preseason, played all four preseason games, um, played well, enjoyed myself, and yeah, it just it never never panned out in San Francisco. Right.
0: Well, you know, I am super grateful that you decided to bring your family back to the New River Valley. Sure you know, we can't lose people like you. I mean, you might go off in your venture and, and try to make that NFL dream happen, but, you know, and we've had conversations, you know, about you have an ambition to go to Atlanta and, and move out of the area and take your family elsewhere because there's opportunities, greater, greater opportunities elsewhere. But it's so encouraging that you're trying to make it work here. This is where your family's from. This is where you grew up. We cannot afford to lose people like you. So... So like just know I am super proud that y'all have decided to stay here. I hope that's still not a, a a conversation. I hope you're going to raise these girls here in the New River Valley. They have an opportunity to bring the New River Valley to the light cuz we're in <laughs> cuz we are in the dark. We are in the dark, man. Like you were you were one of the people that, you know, you and a couple other people, JJ Reddick, you know, Troy Daniels, like all these guys you know, mainly Roanoke Valley guys, but mm-hmm. we can still claim them for, sure. you know, we can for still sure. claim them. So, yeah. uh, you know, people like you bringing this area to light raising your family here for them to be able to do the same things. I just want to commend you for that. I know it's been a struggle. I know you've had ambitions <laughs> to get out of here. Like we always have, like we, almost everybody has yeah, at some for point su- for sure. But, but, uh, I hope we can keep you.
1: Yeah, I no, I, I, pre- I definitely appreciate it. And it is, it's, you know, growing up in uh, in Roanoke, Salem, uh, New River Valley now um, has been awesome, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. my My parents are here. My wife's parents are here. We have family that's here. Um, so for for our girls to have the opportunity to to be within literally minutes of both sets of grandparents and a great grandparent, um, it's just a blessing. And you know, we all have different thoughts and ambitions of moving and working in other places. And I've actually been fortunate and blessed to have opportunities to stay in the area. Um, you know,
0: that uh, UVA paper is pretty good, right? Hey
1: the UVA paper is excellent. <laughs> so hey, wahoo wah, even though I am in Hokie country.
0: So so like <laughs> I do want to talk to you about that. Like how do you feel about young talent sticking around here? I mean, you know, you went to UVA you know, like I know you've got bias to UVA, but if Tech's a good fit, you know, like a local kid going to Tech, don't you think that's a great opportunity? I mean, are, are you still encouraging? You know, the North Carolinas, the George, you know, the Georgias, the you know, Floridas, that type of school? Because I know you're influencing a lot of young people. Yeah. You know, like you're you're someone to turn to. Like, are you saying? Are you telling people that you know Virginia Tech would be a good opportunity for you in these? If, if it's a good fit, like yeah,
1: for and it it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I hate it when top-tier talent leaves the state. And I'm not even just talking about this area. I'm talking about the entire state. There's two schools in the state that if you're a five-star, four-star, don't consider anywhere else. Like, yeah. and, if, and if we can't get you, then it's a problem with our coaching staff. And I'll say it to them. And I know it, not, it doesn't always work like that. Yeah. You know, kids do other things. Parents have influence. Other people have But – for Virginia Tech or UVA to not get the best talent in our own state is not – just doesn't set well with me, and it never will. Yeah. Um, and I understand recruit – and I understand recruiting. Um, but, yeah, if I have a kid that wants to go elsewhere and is thinking about it, I just say, why? Why do you want to – you know, what? what's your reason? And if it's a good reason and it's a good decision and the school is just not a good fit, Okay. Yeah, I, I totally understand. They
0: don't have the position that I yeah. want to play available for yep. me, and I'm going to have to go elsewhere to find a fit. Yep. Like that would be the reason. That but, is the reason. But, yeah. but if it's a fit, I think the the economic impact for a local kid to go into the local school and make it out of that school oh, yeah. into a bigger platform like the NFL just will transform. Yeah. It just transform their life because, you know, as your stars rising, you may, you may have to leave home. You may, right. you may go to San Francisco, but when the stars falling again, mm-hmm. when, when, when you're coming back down to earth mm-hmm. and you need your community support, everybody's going to know who you are and then they won't, they won't, they would not have forgotten you. Right. You know, when you leave the area you're from, it gives, it gives you opportunity to leave your roots and plant new ones. Yeah, you it, know? Does, it does. And, so. that,
1: and that's for me. It's, I mean, I, I say, I said this the other day um, when I was out and I was at an event in Roanoke, um, it's called rebound in Roanoke. And um, I was doing some book signing and talking to some kids and I said, man, I, I love my city, but my city loved me first. Yeah. And that's my community. You know, that's, I love my community, and my com- but my community loved me first, and that's what you're talking about. Um, like I never forgot where I came from. I always came back. I did camps in Roanoke. I did camps in Salem. Um, you were I on Christiansburg
0: up, staff, right? Yeah,
1: I, I, I coached up here in Christiansburg. Um, I've done training up here with kids, and I try to influence kids. And, that, and I think that's what it's about is really – being a part of your community um, and it's it's a, it's a it's your name it's your brand yeah. and it's really understanding your brand and your name and how you can influence your community you can influence the next generation and just be an inspiration and that's part of what and that's what this book is about and why I wrote it because you know I wrote it because it's my story it's helping I want to help the next the next person next generation coming up learn from my, learn from my wins and learn from my losses, learn what I did, learn what I, what, you know, what mistakes I made. And also for my children to have just kind of my legacy written for them to always have, I think it's spe- something special to have.
0: No doubt. I want to send a message to your girls to let them know how lucky they are. Yeah. You know, they got, they got superior genetics. That's number one, <laughs> but they also have real world experience in trying to achieve big goals. So like, they need to take dad's advice. <laughs> they need to they need to listen. listen. They need to listen to him <laughs> and they need to they need to know that he can guide them in 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 the way that they need to carry themselves and the way that you know they need to perform. You know, I know you're pushing them, I know you're training them. You know, they need to take da- you know, dad's got to wear a couple hats every now and then. There's the trainer and then there's dad. For sure. You know, so like they need to realize they need to understand that kind of thing too. Yeah, so, no, no, no. so like my message to you girls, uh, you know, um it, it's just amazing watching your family grow. You know, thank I've you. En- I've thank enjoyed you. that. And, you know, thank we're you. not we're not side by side every day. Right. But the great thing about Facebook is that we can kinda <laughs> connect that way. Yeah and kinda keep 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 uh observing each other and keeping tabs on each other, and keep cheering for each other. Definitely.
1: You know definitely. So. No, thank you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, for sure. Cool.
0: All right, so we're gonna we're gonna kinda get wide on some topics here. We got, you know, the Super Bowl coming up. So what do you think? Do you think uh, you know, Brady versus Mahomes, what do you think?
1: It's a tough one. I yeah. want Brady to win it. It'd be cool, but I'm going with Mahomes and the Chiefs. They are just too too much too much firepower yep. for, for I think Tampa Bay.
0: Do you think this is the the Jordan to LeBron passing of the guard type yeah, thing? For sure,
1: definitely. Because if Mahomes wins his second straight uh Super Bowl, two-time he'll be two-time MVP yeah this is this is passing the torch yeah definitely and I I mean funny enough who would who would have ever thought Patrick Mahomes would have been the next guy coming out because he set out that whole year and then he came in and it was just he was he's been on fire ever since he touched the field
0: dude I love Tom Brady yeah I'm not afraid or ashamed of it 42 years old Man, he's, a, he's, the the guy. he's
1: the goat i just love it when he's on the sideline and he gives it to one of his offensive linemen for not blocking because i'm like that's what you're supposed to do but yeah. i love him yeah
0: he's he is uh he's he's uh exa- he's another example of like oh age limits you mm-hmm. uh, not if you work hard enough right not if not if you're doing the right things to your body and treating your treating your body this you know this certain way and and making these right sacrifices in your life.
1: Right. I mean, just to think about, he left New England, went to Tampa Bay, who had, have not won a playoff game in I don't know how many years, yeah. and now they're in the Super Bowl, and he, it's not like he brought a whole bunch of different players with yeah. him. I mean, he brought—he got Gronk out of retirement, but...
0: And AB, you know, right? Yeah, and
1: AB, who who's, I mean, he does good, but that's, I mean, that team, you, so it just goes to show that you're, if you're a leader, that you can lead people to do better.
0: And people are going to, people pe- will follow. Yeah. And exactly. they'll work,
1: and they'll, their work ethic will change because they see your work ethic.
0: It, it's funny, because um, everybody wanted to put, you know, the greatness on Bilitech, mm-hmm. right? They, and there's a there's a, a TikTok going on around right now where Tom Brady's on the phone saying, "Hey coach, I'm going to the Super Bowl," and Bill Check's on the other <laughs> line, and he's like throwing the phone. He's like throwing the phone at the bench. <laughs> I mean, exotic. it is hilarious. <laughs> is it's, it's hilarious. Oh man, um, TikTok man, I I gotta just I, every episode I'm I'm bringing up TikTok. Okay, I, it's just uh, it's just a hilarious like entertaining platform. Yeah. That gets you like tons of reach. You said something about getting started there, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, my kid, who's not on TikTok, so my kids are on TikTok, and I've got a couple. You know, just looking, and I'm like, okay, what's TikTok? I do Facebook, I do Instagram, I do Twitter, and I use it for to my advantage for my for my brand and yeah. you know for for my book and everything. And I'm like, okay, how can we use TikTok? And it's 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 interesting because it's the it's quick. And it's a it's a reach, and it's an interesting way to try to to reach a different audience than you could any other
0: way. I think I think um, you know Twitter and these social media platforms have been used to discover talent. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as your daughters go, you know, if 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 they had that viral TikTok moment on the gym floor, right? You know, if they were doing their gymnastics and one of them hit just this like crazy balance beam or something, right? <laughs> right, they would be. On top of them. Yep. So, like, using these social media platforms is, is so crucial. You know, it's like, uh, you know, the LeVar Ball strategy. Yeah. You know, like, attention, attention, attention. Yep. and And talent, you, you develop talent around the attention. If, you know, you'll get a shot if you got the attention. Right. You know, if you got 100,000 people <laughs> following you in in some yeah. little niche thing, you yep. might get an opportunity you might not have gotten. Right. You know, know, because that. the talent levels may be the same, but you got the more of attention yep. for people to tune in.
1: It is, and that, and that's that's true. And yeah, you. It's funny because it's come up in different conversations that I've had with people. Is okay, you know, these young athletes now, high school, college, some of them don't have a social media platform. Could you imagine if they did have a social media platform, and what revenue would generate? What what would generate from from something like that? So yeah, that. Oh, I've I've definitely been thinking about that specific kind of formula to creating content and creating just an opportunity for someone to see yeah to see an athlete
0: so how do you feel about um you know the college athlete wanting to build a brand like that and getting opportunities to make money and the NCAA ripping it away from them saying that it's they would not be eligible if they started making money in that way how do you feel about that
1: I mean I don't I don't think it's right. Yeah, it's it's not because. Just
0: think about what what you could have accomplished if you had the social media platforms of these, and you you were able to start earning money at UVA.
1: For sure. I mean, hey, yeah, could you? I mean, right? Could you imagine? And I think the the scary thing about it is, I think the unit the NCA is scared they're going to take revenue away from them. Just based, and I don't know how because I it actually I saw the statistic just really the other day, and if I'm saying it wrong, it was. A five-star athlete is worth like, I don't know, several million, probably like three, three five million to a university, yeah. five-star athlete, just based off of him coming to that school. Right. So And they
0: want to give him free room, room and board and a $70,000 a year educa- education. And they want to it give, doesn't seem fair.
1: Yeah, and and if it, and you, I, I can have this argument with people all day. Well, he's getting a free – you're getting a free education. You're getting a free room and board. But but what what's free? I'm working I'm working for it. Yeah. I'm going I'm working I'm putting my body through something. I'm doing the work. So you're, is it you're putting free? Your,
0: you're you no. you've got a mental challenge and you've got the physical challenge. Yep. You're doing double duty.
1: Right. So so nothing's free. I, I mean that it is, and I was blessed to have a free scholarship given to me, but I worked for that scholarship.
0: I would I would honestly say that you know you grinding out those grades in high school to get there, getting in there. Uh, you know, the state of Virginia allocates so many of these scholarships to people mm-hmm. that meet these requirements that show athletic aptitude. You earned it. Yeah. You earned that. And,
1: that, and that's, and that's what I say. I yeah. earned it. I worked for it. It wasn't free because free means you didn't do anything for it. Um, no, we athletes work for that. So to go back to your question, yeah, athletes should be able to generate revenue for their brand because that brand's going to trans- transition to their to them when they get out of college. Yeah, it's if they if they go to the NFL, they go to the NBA, or even if they go and be a lawyer or be a doctor or be whatever. Well, that's still their brand, yep. and they still are, can
0: generate. Um, if Pepsi wants to come and and lay out a million dollar brand deal, and the NCAA says that's in a violation, I, I would say. NCAA can kick it. Yeah. You know?
1: For, and I think that's – and that's probably – that's that's what's scaring them yeah. is because that's what's going to happen. Because if I got a five-star kid that I know right now that I can put on a social media platform tomorrow and can, within two weeks, can have him over a million followers based off just his talent, yeah. it's nothing special. He's I'm just going to put his talent out there and you're going to see the crazy stuff he's doing. Somebody's going to come calling with, with advertisement deals because they want their – their business in his on his social media platform yeah and I think there is uh it's it's there it's there for the taking nobody is doing it yet but it's there
0: I say we start the New River Valley ballers and you're the rock character and I'm the funny (laughs) white guy character (laughs) (laughs) Like that's uh I mean you know to to have your knowledge and 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 know that that's coming and and know that we need to guide talent into good deals and and know that they're they're being not taken advantage of and I just think it's inevitable that that's going to have to happen with the yeah. the day and age that we're in with social media you know when kids get a million followers through you know the the things that they're doing on TikTok and Twitter mm-hmm. and things like that it it's it's robbery yeah in my opinion it, they're getting robbed of financial gain for the work that they put in to achieve that type of following
1: yeah and, so. and right and then it's and then it's who's guiding them and who who's out there guiding them and yeah. who's helping who knows
0: what's a fair deal right who knows what's a fair deal right you know so so like you know somebody can come offer you uh five dollars for something worth 500 you, sure. you got to have somebody that like five dollars might have been the, the most you've ever seen yeah now, you might want to take five dollars yep. but when you know when someone knows that it's worth 500 yep. you got to have somebody in your corner to, to tell you for those sure. type of things yeah so, um, you know, another business, business opportunity we might be able to, <laughs> right. to look into, um, going back into the NFL, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me about the agent player relationship. You know, tell me, tell me what, tell me what you experienced in that, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. you know, the people that were supposed to be fighting for you. Tell me about that relationship. Tell me, tell me about how you felt about the agency relationship in the business of the NFL. Yeah,
1: it's first, first, it's great because I I knew my agent uh, had a personal um, connection, like a a uh, personal connection with my agent and a family member who kind of introduced me to my my agent um, and we had a great relationship um, early on. um, And then, you know, things happen and it's, it's, it's business uh, on both ends because that's, I'm the brand, I'm the business, I'm the player. He's the agent. He wants to represent me. He wants to get me out. And if something happens, that's his, you know, that's what he does is try to get you on another team Um, or what she does now because there are female agents in the league now. um, But I I look at it and kind of laugh because I had my first agent. We had a falling out based off of me not playing. Based off of me not getting picked up as quick as I thought I should get picked up. So you
0: thought you needed you needed stronger, harder. I
1: needed some. I needed stronger, harder uh, relationships. Somebody who could get me in the door, get me in front of somebody else. So that's that's how I ended up switching to a different agent. Yeah. Um. And that was that was when I got released from Baltimore. That I had I switched to a different agent. Um. And it's funny because I just switched to I didn't switch to an agent who I didn't know. Um. You get kind of courted. Uh, when you're in high, when you're in college yeah um and so i had i had agents that i i knew and that i had developed relationships with um early on who when i parted ways with my first agent that i picked uh, i knew an agent that i was i knew was trustworthy and knew I wanted to go with And he stuck with me through that got me um into San Francisco and then after San francisco then got me into the CFL so yeah it's a it's a it's a good relationship i mean but it's you know you, you talk to your agent when you need to talk to your agent, if things are going well, you know, your agent's making business deals for you, marketing deals, getting you to, you know, getting you stuff. But if things are going bad, you and your agent, this, you're, it's work, you know, your yeah. agent's working for you. So you want somebody that's going to work and push and has good relationships.
0: Do you, do you, like when you write a book like this, do you take, do you take an agent out to to like shop this around? Do you take like, like, you know, what, what PR are you getting? Or like, what, what are you, like what's out there for people that like are authors trying mm-hmm. to get you know like speaking deals yeah like you know like speaking you know you want to go and, and and get speaking yeah. fees yes you know and how does that work so
1: that that that's, same people yeah no I no no different different agencies different people um, gotcha. that's the next step for for me now is that I've created this I've created this outline of my story this book um, and in the book. Uh, I wanted I wanted to make sure that it was teachable and that it had um, it had points in it and it had you know correlations to life and life lessons and that's how I developed the five pillars to achieving your dreams because I wanted it to be what of somewhat of a curriculum that I could speak to and that I could teach to, Kid boys, girls, men, women, companies, I could go in and I could teach that to it. So that's, that's the, that's the platform. That's what I want to develop this next step into and why, how I came with the book and kind of outline the layout with the book. Um, But yeah, it's, it's different agencies. There, there are speaking agents out there that you, you look for and you hope to find, but you know, you, it's, it's the same as being an athlete. You gotta, you gotta hone in your craft. You've got to be good at it for somebody to want you. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, I think I think you'll get in the door here locally, no problem. Like anybody wants a little, you know, Dennis Haley experience motivation that type <laughs> thing, they you know, they should be um, you know, I would encourage like whatever like I don't even know what you could put on it. Like, you know, do you put it <laughs> do you put like, you know, five hundred bucks? Like how like how how much do you get <laughs> right, to charge? Right. What's the what's you the know?
1: charge? I, I don't know, but I can tell you it I you go to go to a go to a website, a speaker website and see how much some of these speakers are yeah it's it's um it's interesting yeah it's just interesting the different layers and the different abilities that you get because you know you, you might have somebody that you want to come in and speak to your your company about motivation and about leadership and about developing teamwork and how to how to you know develop that process and then you might want someone to come in and speak about you know how to achieve your dreams and kind of the process what i, I mapped out in my book so yeah it's just different layers to it
0: gotcha So do you think this is going to be it for you or do you have ambitions to keep going? Like, do you, do you, you know, the, the, you know, they say, you know, the artist ships, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so like, you know, you need a catalog, you need a, you need a Mm -hmm. Dennis Haley library in my opinion, you know, like, (laughs) you know, taking your experience as a dad, taking your experience, you know, just as a, uh, a man of color, you know, I think, I think, you know, in, in this world right now, your perspective, I would encourage you to just keep going. For sure. You know, no, is I, that the plan?
1: It is. It, it is. You know, it's somebody asked what's next, like, what's next? And I told them, I said, my kids are next. Like, you know, but for my kids to be next, I need to be able to, to supply and support them with – motivation with energy with my stuff. And then I think, you know, I, I feel like that this is an avenue for me to be able to do that, to show my kids and to be able to tell them and to be able to provide for them different avenues of, you know, how to, how to, how to keep pushing, how to keep dreaming. It's never over. Um, keep working, keep striving for whatever you want. We can do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think everything that you're doing today is laying the foundation for them to do the same things, at a much much higher level, because you're going to work out all the mistakes for sure. You yeah, know
1: that's that's the plan. Yeah. Don't don't make the same the same mistakes we made. And you know, for kids, it's hard. It's hard for them to listen, but that we keep preaching. I never right. get tired of telling them, telling them what's right, even though they don't. Even though the kids don't listen, sometimes <laughs> can't get tired. It's like they
0: almost have to experience it for themselves, yeah. even though we're trying to do the best thing we can to yep. to like, you know. But at the end of the day, remember. You know, your mom, your mom would have put you in the correctional <laughs> facility, right? And and my mom would have put me on BT. I, I would right. be I would be the bus driver right now, right? If if we didn't go through the trials that yeah, we went through, for sure. So um, so yeah, yeah. All right, hey, let's uh, Scott, I want you to bring up. Uh, I want to reiterate again. You know, we're we're offering a free copy of Dennis's book if you if you go to our YouTube channel, Scott. Will you bring up the YouTube channel and then go through the um go through the share process. Uh, you know, uh, to my people that have already subscribed to the channel, the you know 184 people, just put in a comment on the channel that you've already subscribed um, before you share to Twitter, and then remember to hashtag the art of dreaming. All right, so go to um, go to the videos, Sky, if you would. Um, let's just go to the the, the one that's live right now, and then hit the. Just go, go hit the share uh, the share button when, when that comes up. And I appreciate the five people that are watching right now. Uh, we love you. Thank you. Um, you got the share button right here. Um, you're going to hit that share button, and you're going to go to Twitter. You're going to hit the Twitter icon. Um, or you can copy link, whatever. And then uh, go ahead and log in there. And then we're going to... Um, Go ahead and, and uh, hashtag the art of dreaming. And then you do that, we're going to send you a free copy up to, I said, 500 bucks. I'm going to spend 500 bucks or we're going to run this until the end of the day on Friday, whatever comes first. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. And uh, anybody that doesn't, that just wants to go purchase that from Amazon, Amazon. Um, let's bring up that Amazon link so people can see it. Perfect. You get the Kindle version. You need to get the Audible. You need to go ahead and record this it's, thing.
1: It's in, it's in production. Yeah. <laughs> it's in production. Right on.
0: <laughs> well, Dennis, any last words? We'll go ahead and wrap here, man. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you being a part of this. Um, your family's near and dear. You need anything, man? Let me know. You know, uh, we talked about a couple of things off air. I'm going to leave them off air unless you want to talk about them. That's – it's up to you. We well, can, we could talk about. All right, it. so so Dennis, you know it's uh, interesting here. You know, Dennis said he, before we got on air that you know he may be interested in in a in a run for political office. I think that's a wise move. We could use that perspective in the New River Valley, like wherever you want to be, Montgomery County, Christiansburg Town Council. We need that. I think I think we need to get support around that people. If you think Dennis would do well in <laughs> in public life, yeah, you know, hit the like button <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, hit the like button. Let um, me know. <laughs> um, like, is that are you are you serious around that? Like I don't know. Possibly. Po- I don't know.
1: It, yeah. It's uh, it's something that I've thought about because you look at today's times and you look at what we're going through as a society uh, from from the equality of making sure that someone who looks like me is treated fairly, has the same opportunities, um, can can be on the same playing field. And then you look at where we are with the pandemic and making sure everybody's doing the right thing, making sure that we all are on the same page and we all have the same, same foresight on on what our future is. So I all I've always said that I would I want to give back to my community and I want to be a part of my community. I want to be able to, to show my kids that You know, we can say we can say everything and anything at home, but if you're not in your community and you're not doing anything about it, then you really don't have a fight. You don't have a dog in the fight. So to just be able to say, "I'm part of a part of the community. I'm making a difference." I've always doing that. So what comes from that? I don't know what what will come
0: from that. I think it. I think uh, you know, I've got uh, a huge passion for what's going on in here locally. I think you would be um, a breath of fresh air as far as diversity goes. We we lack diversity in leadership roles in this community. So if we could, if we could, um, you know, get to know more about where you stand on things and and how to navigate the petition process to get you on the ballot and everything like that, like like you know, I would say let's go make some millions and and then come back and then serve. Right. But you know, like that that's my that's my thing is right. like if I can amass, I I just I can't in this climate go and 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 take the scrutiny of of what everything you know the divided nature of everything yep. is is hard and you know I see the political climate with the people that are 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 trying to affect change mm-hmm. and and how how angry and how divisive things are mm-hmm. and how they're how they're attacked as far as like on online I'd hate right. that I'd hate that to come to your family. Yeah, that type and, thing, and,
1: and that, and that, and that's the that's the struggle because now is it's different, and yeah. you can say it's just different, and it's not it's not a it's never a nice conversation. We can you know, why can't we sit down and have a good conversation about where we stand, where we are, and if we don't like if we don't agree, who who agrees on everything? nobody agrees on everything, but we, it's hard today to have that conversation and to be able to go and be in the spotlight because you know what's coming to yeah. you and your family. Um so yeah that's that's the hard that's the that's the bad
0: part. You know the, the the easy part is saying this is where we are and this is where we want to go. The hard part is how to navigate to getting from A to Z. <laughs> yeah. You know and so so I'm always um I'm always the freedom proponent. You know, mm-hmm. I'm always the you know Let's not have a ruling class. Let's have a serving public service Mm -hmm. class of people that want to take what the majority of the people want and make it a reality. Yep. So I would love to keep nurturing that conversation for sure. And like figure out how to do that because, because I do want this platform to come to, to be something of local attention of like real issues and having people on that are going to help guide those issues and make those issues the, the way that we live. So, so yeah, I think that's the future of, of like, where are we going, where we're going in this show, having people on like you, having tough conversations, mm-hmm. having thoughtful conversations, telling them about stories that you've experienced to help them, you know, guide their life right. type thing and inspire them to
1: understand. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Um, oh, you said that you battled COVID. Let's yes. talk about that. Let's. Uh, I want to know what that experience was like. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean that experience was tough. Um, you're going. I I caught I caught it somehow. Don't know how um I,
0: I mean you're a mask you're you wear the mask wear, you wear the mask so I'm wear the mask at work yeah um, so you're you're a, you're a, you're you're in favor of the mask you're not yep. you're not saying the mask <laughs> don't work like you no. you live the life like when you're in public and you can't socially distance you got the mask on you,
1: you have to and for me i got sick uh had two weeks stint in the hospital and it was not a good it was not good um i was did blessed that I didn't have to get incubated and didn't have to be on a ventilator, but I was on a breathing machine um, for, I was in CCU for eight or nine days. I was in ICU for several days and it took a long while for me to get, to get back to normal. Um, you just don't know what this disease is going to do to you. You, you, myself, whoever could be 10 of us and it's going to hit all 10 of us probably different. Um, and that's the scary part about, where we are with this disease is you don't know. And that's why you should take precautions. And that's why everybody should do their part to, to keep it at bay. When you
0: first started getting symptoms, how long did it take for you to be like, Oh my gosh, like I need to go to the hospital. Like how long did you wait it out? Because you know, I know, you know, strong minded guy like you, you're probably like, I don't need the doctor. I don't need the hospital. I don't, yeah. I don't need the like, how long did you wait until you're like, man, like, it's bad enough, like, I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, it was, for me, I I started having symptoms on a Saturday, and by that Monday, I felt like I had played in a football game, and I was dehydrated, and I was just needing replenishment. And at that point, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to the ER to get, get some bags of IVs. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some IVs. Just like just like I pl- I felt like I was just depleted and needed that energy. Went into the hospital, and um, needless to say, that e- when I went and got checked in and got evaluated, they were they were just saying no. You need more than IVs. You're depleted. Your magnesium, your sodium, your potassium, everything is. Did you go to Montgomery or Rafford? Uh, and in, in I went to Radford, Carillion. Gotcha. Yeah, I Um, and yeah, went went there, and it was. Snap of a finger. I was. I felt that way going in. By that evening, I was. It, I took. I took a turn for the worse.
0: Wow. So, yeah. so you had like lung
1: congestion and, and, yep. and couldn't breathe. pneumonia. Um, developed pneumonia within my lungs. Uh, had. So you just um, felt like you had like a, you had
0: like a a brick on your chest or yeah. something.
1: Yeah. Just you could just no breathing. Um, oxygen levels were down, which you know hurts. You just can't can't you can't manage you can't breathe so it took a while it took a while and man the staff at uh new river valley uh carillion was incredible um uh, and uh, they're they're part of my team um I, I work for carillion now yeah um but they were incredible um the respiratory therapists the the nurses the doctors um
0: do you know st- what they treated you with do you know like yeah. the, the medicines that they treated you with? Yeah, so uh, what did, like what did you what would you what did they give you to treat it?
1: Yeah, so for 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 me was was interesting. Uh if we have time for this quick story, it was interesting because going in I had this and nobody and they didn't know why and I was really going downhill fast. Yeah. Um but my wife who was at home who I couldn't really call who didn't who was with my three girls, so you can imagine the stress level on her yeah. and the demand was I, I mean I couldn't imagine so I'm just grateful I was the one in the hospital and it wasn't a another person in my family um but I got asked do I want to do some of the trial drug treatments that were there and at that time it was remdesivir um and it was the plasma and it was plasma treatments um for you know the plasma treatments for COVID yeah uh, and at that time me I'd been in the hospital for a while and I was going ment- mentally I wasn't there and I was like no I'm not doing it no I don't want to do a trial why who he, what What can you tell me about it and wasn't you know I was not perceptive to it but my wife and had reached out um to I have a family member um who knows doctors um from around you know from doc- doctors from around the um east coast um around the country yeah uh, of color um who are who are black males and black women who have dealt with and have seen it. So she seek second, um, second opinions and seek advice. And they told me, no, take it, make sure he takes it. So I got two rounds of plasma treatments and I got the remdesivir. Nice. So I got both. And then, you know, there, I think one of them, the remdesivir is maybe a five day um, period for where that works. And then the um, plasma treatment, or maybe it's a plasma treatment. this five days. I can't remember which one it is, but man, when I took those, Um, treatments and I took those um, that medicine it it helped and immediately you could just see you could just see things starting to take a turn for the better um, very quickly so I was fortunate that I had um, advice and had family members that I could reach out to and help with that situation and and it's just you know I'm I'm fortunate I can tell my story and tell this because you don't you don't hear it all the time and people and there's questions and everybody has questions so I'm just fortunate that I can I can share this with people
0: yeah I mean, I think you're one of the few people I know that are, you know, under forty mm-hmm. that have had, you know, it go that bad. Yeah, you know, so like you're, uh, that's that's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. Um, so I mean, it, it obviously is real. You know, it's, yeah. o- it's obviously uh, something we got to take seriously. Um, I think I think people need to do that research. You know, they need to they need to dive into like what is going to happen if and when probably you need to probably predict when you get it mm-hmm. not if you get it you know at this point yeah so so i've had my plan i've 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 done research on a drug called ivermectin you know and i've been i've been talking about that on social media and stuff like that like there's there's uh there's a lot of things that you can do to combat and and like understand and educate yourself on like when you get this thing, this is my plan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay home. I got everything set up. Like, this is what we're going to do. Like, I made big investments in, like, my my home setup to just, like, if I was, you know, going to get sick, if I was going to get it, these are the people I was going to call, these are the things I'm going to get, and this is what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and and it's funny to say that, but it's important because you don't want to get anybody else sick. So say you get it and you have symptoms. Well, you're going to quarantine yourself, but what if you have to bring somebody in to help you? get quarantined who are you bringing in and how are you going to do that because you don't want to risk getting somebody else sick and then get them sick and can get somebody else sick and it's yeah. and I've you know, my family we have had a rough time with it I've had family members that have passed because yeah. they've gotten COVID in and, and died from it yeah. and it's, it's real and I was blessed to to not to not and yeah. to be here to tell this story um and yeah
0: Cool, man. Well, again, yeah. we uh, we appreciate your time. The art of dreaming. Uh, yeah. we're, uh, remember, I'm I'm uh, I'm giving away some free ones. If you share this from YouTube to Twitter, tag the art of dreaming. Uh, we're gonna send you a free copy. We'll we'll message you for your address, and we'll get you a free copy. Um, all right, man. Well, I appreciate it.
1: No, thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you for the opportunity to share. And yeah. we're gonna come. Yeah. We're gonna
0: get you come back. We're you gonna. Back. We'll get. We'll you know get you a regular spot here. And any <laughs> no. anything we can do, you know anything we can do to help uh, in any way, man, just let us know. I will. Okay. Thank you, man. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you.